You know, it really bothers me when people say the uh, Afghans did not push back. They just they dropped the weapons and they ran. Well, some did, but there's some good reasons for that. But others have not. Others are others have not given in to the Taliban at all. Um, there is a there is a fight that is going on in uh, Panjshir. Uh, in Afghanistan by these incredible freedom fighters that are pushing back the Taliban and all of the bad guys. We have one of the guys who is um, the head of foreign relations for the resistant front of Afghanistan. His name is Ali Nazari, and he joins us to tell us what's really going on uh, with a resistance in Afghanistan in 60 seconds. program so you've heard me talk about my pillow products all the time they can really change your sleep um the pillows the sheets are fantastic um now they have now mike has introduced my slippers uh they have three tier cushioning system two layers of my pillow foam and a layer of impact gel to prevent fatigue and offer all day comfort and i gotta tell you i've worn these things out all day i mean they they don't look like dad's. Well, I don't know because I'm a dad now, so I don't know what dad's slippers look like. But, um, you know, my kids don't like it when I'm wearing slippers outside of the house. Um, but my kids haven't said anything. And it might be because I've embarrassed them so many times. They're just dead inside. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, if your kids aren't dead inside and they do look like slippers to them, uh, you can blackmail them into doing all kinds of things. Otherwise. I'll take you to the movie theater with your friends. In fact, I'll pick you up. I'll be waiting right outside, standing by the door in my new My Slippers. Uh, you can get them at My Pillow now. Click on the radio listener specials. Use the promo code Beck and receive this incredible offer. They're really comfortable. They're great. They come with a one year warranty, 60 day money back guarantee. It's MyPillow.com. Promo code Beck, 50% off now, 800 966 3117. MyPillow.com. Ali Nazari, he is the head of foreign relations for the National Resistance Front of Afghanistan. Uh, not a lot of coverage of what people are doing in Afghanistan, trying to stand up to the Taliban. Uh, and the greatest example of that is happening in the uh, Panjshir uh, Valley in Afghanistan. Welcome, Ali, to the program. How are you? Uh, good morning. Uh, thank you for having me. You bet. So tell me what's going on. Tell us the truth about that there are people that are resisting and it's working in many cases. So you have the, uh, you have freedom fighters um, in Northern Afghanistan in the Pineshire Valley who have launched a resistance who are being led by Commander Ahmad Massoud, the son of the late Ahmad Shah Massoud who was assassinated two days before 9-11 who is resisting, who has been resisting the Taliban for the past few weeks. The Taliban have been unable to defeat these forces, were determined to resist and to fight these terrorists, this criminal syndicate, until we're able to uh, uh, bring freedom to every single citizen of Afghanistan. So, so can we back up for just a second? Because I have heard um, um, Ahmad uh, Shah Massad 
his name brought up in reverence when I talk to people from Afghanistan. I don't really know his story, and I don't know why he was killed before 9-11, um, but I know now his son is, is leading the charge. Tell me the significance and the history that Americans should know about that. Who is he, who was he, and who's his son? Well, the late commander Ahmad Shah Massoud, he started his struggle in the late 1970s against the Soviet Union, against Soviet aggression and communism. So he was an ally of the United States from the late 1970s. And then, in, in, so in the 1980s, he fought against the Soviets. In the 1990s, he started his struggle against international terrorism, against the Taliban and their international terrorist friends or allies. And he was assassinated by Al-Qaeda two days before 9-11. The two events, 9-9-2001 and 9-11-2001, are interconnected. And 9-11 wouldn't have been possible if he was alive because he was fighting the uh, fighting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda throughout the five years from 1995-1996 up to 2001 when he was assassinated. And how old was his son when his dad died? Can, can you repeat it? Sorry. Yes. How old was his son, who's now taking his place? How old was his son when his dad died? His um, commander, Ahmad Masood, his son, was only 12 years old okay. when he lost his father. And so now he is, he is fighting against the Taliban just like his father. And tell me what the progress is and what, uh, what they're doing. So fortunately, the Taliban have not been able to uh, take over the strategic areas of Pinesher. So we control more than 65% of Pinesher province. We control parts of other districts that neighbor Pinesher. Our forces are well equipped. We have remnants of the special forces trained by the United States that are fighting alongside our local resistance forces. So right now, we are in a good position. Uh, we will be seeing more advances in the next few weeks or so. Um, the Taliban are uh, experiencing infighting. They are experiencing a rift within their group. Yeah, big time. Um, and, and, but, but we're determined to fight for democracy, for fight for freedom, or for, for fighting for the rights of every woman and man inside Afghanistan. This is, we're the last remaining U.S. ally in the country. However, we feel abandoned. We feel all alone because we're fighting international terrorism today. Al-Qaeda is much stronger compared to 2001. However, we're seeing the world abandon this global war on terror. We're left alone inside Afghanistan to fight the global war on terror because Al-Qaeda is fighting against us. There were more than 500 Arab fighters more than a week ago that attacked us and I've, I've put up the videos on social media where you have arab speaking fighters coming from iraq and syria saying we're going to the front in pineshire to fight these infidels so this isn't a civil war we're fighting international terrorism you're you have a re uh, uh the re-emergence of al-qaeda inside afghanistan at the moment they are allied with the Taliban. The, the Taliban, which is a terrorist group, which is a criminal syndicate, they're helping these terrorist groups uh, reemerge. And and this is the reality that after twenty years, after twenty years of nine eleven happening and and 
uh, U.S. involvement inside Afghanistan. Now we're, we're seeing the country being abandoned uh, and, and the Taliban and these other terrorist groups hijacking our country. How do you so we f- have to do something. How do you feel when you see people in the West and our leadership say, you know, you, you know, we went over there, we spent 20 years and the people just don't want freedom. And so that's just the way it is. How do you feel well, when you see let that? Me give, let me give you an example. It's a week ago, our leader, um, His Excellency Ahmad Masood, he record, had a, recorded a message to the nation. He put it up. Within two hours, within two hours, we had mass protests in Kabul, in Herat, in Mazar, the major cities, and even in rural Afghanistan. He called upon the people to rise up against the Taliban. So this shows the people of Afghanistan want freedom because since August 15th, especially for the past 10 days that uh, Commander Ahmad Masood has called upon the people to rise up against the Taliban, we're seeing everyone, women, men, old and young, rise up and express that they want freedom. So this is, this is completely wrong when people say, no, the people of Afghanistan wanted a regime like the Taliban. No, look, today everyone is rallying and, and protesting for, for freedom, for their rights, for democracy. And today the legitimacy that we've shown in, in, within, within a week, with, uh, in, in two days, uh, to be more specific, the Taliban were unable to show it in two decades. Because the Taliban did the same. They would record messages calling upon the people of Afghanistan to rise up against the government in Kabul and against NATO forces. But the people never said yes. They never followed the orders of the Taliban. But our leader, he says, go protest, go rise up against the Taliban. Within a few hours, you see uh, the masses uh, uh, mobilized and within Afghanistan and outside of Afghanistan. They started their protests for, in favor of the National Resistance Front and in favor of freedom, independence, and, 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 and democracy inside the country. We're, we're talking to the head of foreign relations of the National Resistance Front in uh, Afghanistan about what's really going on there. Um, when you hear people say uh, here in America, you got to stand up and protest, it doesn't really mean an awful lot here in America because we've had that right forever. We're losing it, but we've had that right forever. Um, but there with the Taliban, that can mean, especially if you're a woman, uh, a yes. death sentence, a prison sentence, a beating, rape. Am I wrong on that? No, you're, you're completely right because of the risks. Uh, just look at these uh, photos. So in the protests, the Taliban have beaten women. They've uh, shot uh, uh, and uh, shot uh, women. Uh, and and they've, there's pictures of them pointing their guns towards women. So there's a lot of risks when people come out in, in these Taliban-controlled areas to protest, to uh, endorse and support the National Resistance Front. But the people want to do this because they want their freedom. They don't want to give up their freedom. These people are are freedom-loving individuals that will not allow any oppression, any sort of oppression to come upon them. And and unfortunately, right now, that oppression is coming with weapon, with arms and munitions funded by American taxpayer money because basically everything was left for them. 
all of this weaponry, all of these equipment that were purchased by American taxpayers today is in the hands of the Taliban, killing women, killing democratic forces, fighting against the last remaining U.S. ally, which is the National Resistance Front led by Mr. Ahmad Massoud. So this is the irony. May I ask you for either a confirmation or a clarification? Our our government says there are two Taliban's. There's the old Taliban and the new Taliban, and we're hoping the new Taliban's going to be great. It's from my understanding from sources on the ground, there are two Taliban's. There's the old Taliban, which is exactly like it was, and then there's a new Taliban that is even more extreme and even more dangerous. Is that true or not? Of course, of course. You have the old guard that have the same mentality as before, which there is a minority now. They haven't changed. But the new Taliban, it's a new brand of the Taliban. It's much more radical in their ideology. And they believe that their uh, revolution should be exported, that their jihad should be exported. They've been successful inside Afghanistan. They should take this jihad, this revolution, this struggle throughout the Islamic world and save other oppressed Muslims. So you have a much more radicalized Taliban that is more closer to ISIS and Al-Qaeda ideologically than the Taliban we saw 25 years ago. Okay, so one more question. Um, The National Resistance Front of Afghanistan, you're in the Panjshir Valley, um, and it's my understanding that one of the problems is it's... You know, Afghanistan is not America, where we have 50 states, but we're really kind of one or, you know, it's it's you know, it's 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 a group of tribes and areas that want their freedom to run themselves and not necessarily a national government. And it is it is my understanding that that national government was very corrupt and that led to a lot of the soldiers uh, just walking away because they had been sold out. Um, and there was no real local governors there were no local mayors or local police. It was all run through the federal government. And that's what caused the immediate drop of arms at the very beginning. Is that true? If not, what did happen? Why did the resistance, when the Afghan government still held the cities and the weapons, why did they walk away from those things? So one one problem with Afghanistan is that Afghanistan doesn't have any ethnic majority. Basically, everyone in Afghanistan are minorities. It's a country made up of ethnic minorities. And for for this reason, um, Afghanistan cannot have a highly centralized political system, which which it has for centuries. And especially in the past 20 years, one of the reasons we had corruption, one of the reasons we had a weak government is because of the highly centralized presidential system. For the past 50 years, our, our um, movement, whether it's now the National Resistance Front or before that, which was led by the late Commander Ahmad Shah Massoud, we have always been asking for a decentralized state where power is equally distributed yep. between all the ethnic groups, all the provincial uh, provinces, and all the districts. So there could be a more federated state. You have to adopt federalism for a country like <laughs> Afghanistan, meaning every region has its own autonomy, has its yep. own decision-making process, policy-making process, because we've been failing 
with the same formula inside Afghanistan for the past 200 years, especially for the past 50 years. A highly centralized government will always create conflict in Afghanistan, will always result in a zero-sum game over the competition for power. And this, this is a, a, just another uh, way of continuing internal warfare in the country. So in our perspective, if we want lasting peace in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. if we want to end the perpetual conflict over power, we have to weaken Kabul, we have to distribute power to the localities. To the different regions. Wow, uh, it's amazing that America that used to understand federalism didn't get that in Afghanistan, and it is the solution for not only our problems, but uh, your problems, and I think the world's problems. Local, local, local. Give people control over their lo- own lives. Uh, Ali Nazari uh, from the National Resistance Front uh, of Afghanistan. Uh, blessings go with you. Um, keep up the fight for um all things that are right and just uh, and against the uh, Taliban and, and their ilk. Thank you so much. You can find, you can follow him on Twitter uh, at Ali Nazari um, and, uh, and follow the national resistance front of Afghanistan. It's a very complex situation. I don't know who's right, who's wrong on everything, but these guys are the resistance of the Taliban in the Panjshir Valley. All right, our sponsor this half hour is Rectech. Man, last night was absolutely beautiful here in Texas. Just beautiful. Uh, And it is time to have friends over. I'm trying to think of people that I could have over. I mean, I've invited all of my friends, everyone I could think of, I've invited already. To I'd come love over to check to it out. Uh, yeah, well, I've invited all of my friends, uh, and I'm trying to think of people that I kind of like but don't really like. Uh, and I think I've invited all of them, too. Schedule's open. Uh, hmm? I have time. I yeah. I could clear things out, move things oh, around. Shoot, I'm all full up. Hey, Sarah, if you have some kind of people that I kind of don't like, you know, that you can think of, because you're on the list. I mean, I think the lady who dumps the garbage here is on the list. I can't think of anybody else, but it's time I saw for her keying your car. She's on the list. Anyway, uh, Rectech is great, great to smoke uh, and have the ribs, the, the meat just fall off the ribs. You can grill, you can even bake in these. It is really good. And when it gets cold, you can stay inside because of the smart grill technology. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com, Rectech dot com. Ten seconds, station ID. One day, uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hang were um, evolutionary uh, biology professors at Evergreen State College. That is the crazy college. And they were, I mean, they're far left. The next day, they were the campus villains who dared to speak out when the school said white people should take a day of absence. Well, uh, their life has been hell. And they're lefty. We don't necessarily agree on um, policies, but we do agree on principles. I have tried to get these two on my show uh, for three years. It's the reason why I started my podcast. They were the model. I thought they should be the first guest. Well, 
one thing after another. We've never been able to book them. Uh, and we just did. That podcast comes out today if you're a Blaze TV supporter. Uh, just go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save money on your uh, year subscription. Uh, but this is a really important conversation. People that don't agree with each other, um, but we agree on principles and we agree also on the problem and where we are in the problem. We are at the end of this problem. And if we don't wake up soon and if we don't do the right things soon, uh, this problem is going to become our way of life. Brett Weinstein and his wife, Heather Hang, uh, are joining me for the podcast. This is one you do not want to miss. We explore their solutions in their new book, which is basically Local, 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 a hunter-gatherer's guide to the 21st century. More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay. Let me tell you about uh, Goldline. Next week on Wednesday's show, I have a, uh, a full hour on our Wednesday night special about the coming economic collapse that you don't want to miss. You need a hedge against insanity, and that hedge is physical gold. You know, people say, where, I mean, where are you going to go to be safe? You know, I thought of this recently. One of the places to live in the country, if there's an economic collapse, is Texas. Texas got all their gold from the gold reserve. So Texas could have, you know, they could print their own money and stay off all of the bogus stuff if, if anything ever collapsed. You need to be able to do that in your own life. You need to be able to have something that is worth something. Goldline, call them today. Ask them about their self-directed IRA special just for completing an application this week. Goldline's going to send you a free, free silver coin. When you complete the acquisition, uh, The uh, they will send you 6% in free metals right to your front door. Up to 6%. Qualified orders. Learn more today. 866-GOLDLINE. Call them now. 866-GOLDLINE. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Just use the promo code Glenn. I'm going to play a clip of a Netflix show, How to Be a Cowboy. Listen. The cowboy life is about tradition. We are self-reliant and answer to no one. Yes, Mom. Can you tell your mom I said hi? Welcome to Radiator Ranch. There's a lot to learn from our way of life, so you may as well learn it from the best. The one and only, Dale Brisby. Are you crying? It's a circle of life. I appreciate Mother Nature. If you don't, then you ain't no cowboy. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> If you're not a cowboy, don't step in here. How to Be a Cowboy is on Netflix, uh, and there's a method to my madness on uh, why I'm asking the greatest bull rider of all time, as well as, and he'll tell you himself, the most humble. Uh, no evidence of him being on a bull uh, ever, but legend has it that he has been 90 in Maine, Spain, Spokane, Fort Wayne, Alabama. And uh, by legend, we mean his YouTube channel. Uh, uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the program, Dale Brisby. How are you, sir? 
Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for rolling out the red carpet, sir. <laughs> you bet. Uh, so I had a uh, I had a thought the other day. Somebody had said about one of the guys, one of the congressmen that went over to save people in Afghanistan. The uh, the headline was he's acting like a cowboy. And I thought, yeah, if you mean live by a set of code that, you know, includes honor and integrity. Yeah. And we give cowboys the 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 elites give cowboys a bad name. But the cowboy life is who I think every man should should try to emulate. I agree 100 percent. It's funny that you say that because I was looking up articles about the Netflix show and I, I looked and definition of a cowboy popped up. One definition was someone who tends to livestock, usually horseback. The second definition was typically aggressive or something like that. <laughs> and I thought, I've, well, we might be aggressive in that we ride a bull, but I mean, we're, as you might see in the show, like we're pretty caring towards animal and our fellow human beings. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard that. I think you have to live out West uh, and to actually have met cowboys to understand their, they're some of the least aggressive guys. I mean, I suppose you could walk into a bar and find some wannabe cowboy that is aggressive. But generally speaking, cowboy, if you live out west, and to me, means a guy who, a cowboy contract, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, and that's all you need. You don't need writing. You don't need an attorney. It's going to be done. There's honor. Absolutely. Man, you gave me chill bumps the way you described it, just because... You know, I think maybe people have the old Western show in mind where they, they envision a guy in a bar like what you're talking about. And he's real aggressive and he's he's drinking from a bottle that has three X's on it, yeah. you know, and he <laughs> gets in a duel. Right. Um, but I've never been in any duels. And uh, my, my old man was kind of a description of what you just said, a mix between John Wayne and Woodrow F. Call from Lonesome Dove. And mm. when you shook his hand, it meant, meant something. Yeah. Um, so I, I am... I'm a rancher. And when I say I'm a rancher, I, I have a farm and a ranch and I go there from time to time and I'll cut like, you know, the hayfield until I get bored and then I'll get off and I'll say, all right, go ahead. So I'm not really a rancher or a farmer, but it is the life that I tried to get away from with my family as a kid. I just wanted to live in New York City. And it is the life I would give everything to be able to return to full time. There is something about living on a farm and and reconnecting with animals and and the land that makes us American. And and you just you don't have to teach an awful lot of stuff because you're taught just by living it. Absolutely. You know, the, the idea of the show actually came from, you know, me being a cowboy on social media, I get a lot of people that uh, are thinking the exact same thing that you are. And they'll reach out to me about wanting to learn about this lifestyle. And that's where the show idea came from. But essentially, they are seeing exactly what you're seeing. Now, some people get here and they realize, okay, I can work way less than this <laughs> and make more money oh yeah doing something else well wait so a minute they, hold on just a second you can raise cattle and make money you'll have to tell me how that's done not much All right okay <laughs> most people with big ranches you see are doing it because it's a tax write-off and you'll you'll notice like oh you guys do this because you love it you know All right. but uh, <laughs> 
I haven't figured out the tax write-out uh, write-off thing either, so I've got to get on that as well. Um, the changes to uh, farming, the changes to the ranching industry over the last few years, what does it mean to America if we lose it? Well, I mean, I mean, shoot, we lose what's in the grocery store, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think that that's a start. You know, it's just I feel like people just need to be less headline readers and look more at the facts of what this does for for the country. I mean, we're literally feeding America. And and, and I think that that needs to be respected, not just used as a slang term for someone that might be too aggressive. So I wanted to talk to you because I think um I mean, we're we're raising and we've been doing this for about 30, maybe 40 years. We're raising weak men, just absolutely weak men. Uh, And that destroys nations. Uh, And uh, we need to find strong men. And I'm in the midst of writing some stuff about cowboy rules. And I wanted to know to you from you, what are the things that to you scream cowboy that men need to do? Uh, man, that's a lot. That's a big question. One thing that is, is interesting to me. There's a country singer, his name's Cody Johnson. And he told me he visited with the guy who wrote Chris Ledoux's biography. Chris Ledoux is a cowboy, rodeo cowboy, very famous. He passed away of cancer, unfortunately. But the guy who wrote his biography, said to Cody, the one thing I wish that I'd have put in this book that I didn't was Chris's definition of a cowboy. And it was this. He said, it's someone who lets their yes be yes Mm. and their no be no. And, you know, you can get into the technical definition of the fact that, you know, you need to ride a horse every day to make your living. But essentially, it's that code you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's God first, family second. And, you know, the rest all... I mean, and love God, love people, right? You know, as it says in Mark, and um, and and that's the start of being a cowboy, in my opinion. So I want to ask you, if question, if emphasis on the if, if Dale Brisby was a fictional character, uh, how would he fare on the TV show Yellowstone? I mean, would he be taking people to the train station or would you be delivered to the train station? If you if you're a fan of that show, I don't know if you are. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of most things that Taylor Sheridan does. But uh, no, it's, uh, you know, Dale Brisby's going to be that unique character that you can't figure out if he's the good guy or an outlaw. You know, he's yeah. uh, usually you know, that's, when Dale- that's one of the things I kind of like about because we are so far away from uh right and wrong and a cowboy culture and i don't mean a lawlessness but there are times when you're just like that that shouldn't be that way it it should that that we should be able to take care of that you know what i mean and so it's confusing to see now things you're like well that's the way it should be but it's not that way so i don't know if that's an outlaw or a good guy does that make sense to you yeah Absolutely. Well, there's, you know, there's that old saying, there's no honor among thieves. Well, when even the thieves are complaining about the way things are, that <laughs> make you question what's going on. Well, it's good to talk to you. Thank you so much. We'd love to, uh, uh, love to meet you. I'd love to actually come out to the ranch and see you guys uh, at some point. 
but uh, well, it's been great to interact with you and hear what all that you're doing, you know, with with the Nazarene Fund and et cetera. I, I'm 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 waiting to hear back from them on some stuff. So I'm excited to to help just oh wow with the cause that you've got going on. Oh, so. I do. I wasn't aware of that, but thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. No, the, the big 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 thumbs up on those on those organizations that you're backing. Thank you. Well, you have huge fans uh, here at the Mercury Studio. Um, uh, the host of How to Be a Cowboy, Dale Brisby. It's on Netflix. It is a fun show that you, you should watch. Uh, How to Be a Cowboy. Takes everything people think about Texans and uh, takes it up about 10,000%. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. How to Be a Cowboy on Netflix. Thanks so much, Dale. Appreciate it. God bless. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Beck. Have a good day. That's a cowboy thing. Mr. Beck, that's a cowboy thing. I, I hate it when people, when I call somebody Mr. and, you know, or ma'am or something, they're like, I'm not that old. I know it's a sign of respect. It's a it's a good thing. Anyway, relief factor. Katie lives in Pennsylvania. She was uh, suffering for the longest time from shoulder pain that was essentially ruining her life. Everything she tried to do to combat the pain either didn't work or left her with side effects that were as bad or worse than having the pain in the first place. She didn't know what to do. Fortunately, Katie listens to the radio a lot, including, believe it or not, this show. And she heard me talking about Relief Factor, and she decided to give it a shot. She said, I, what else did I have to lose? Uh, well, she found out she had a lot to lose, the pain in her shoulders. She said after only a couple of weeks of beginning to take Relief Factor, she, she felt that it was beginning to melt away. She did her part, and so did Relief Factor. No side effects. Katie got her life back, and so could you. Relief Factor is not a drug developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only $19.95. It's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. The Glenn Beck Program. Holy cow, what haven't we, have we missed anything today? I mean, uh, holy cow. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have, we have. We, we, uh, could you play cut four, please? This is kind of important. Here's a president yesterday. Thank you. Over to you, Mr. <laughs> president. Thank you, Boris. And, and I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Yep. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate wow. it, Mr. Prime Minister. Prime Minister Scott Morrison, uh, the Prime Minister of Australia, kind of a big ally, kind of close. Uh, I want to thank that that guy from down under, uh, Mr. Prime Minister. Thanks, pal. Uh, I don't think I've. I mean, that's bad. If I'm president, so I'm screwing up your name. But at least I got it. You know what I mean? I don't call you pal. Yeah, you think you'd prepare for a moment like that. Like, we've had, like, for example, we had, uh, we had an interview earlier today with a guy's name that it was a little difficult to pronounce if you just kind of read it off the paper. Scott Johnson. Scott Johnson. <laughs> um, and uh, we talked about it before we went on the air mm -hmm. and said hey that never how, helps how do we say that? now you usually screw up all the names anyway mm -hmm. but we at least attempt yeah they try they try we try to help johnson Jin no it's johnson glenn it's really not that hard it's, <laughs> it's johnson not. 
that apparently not a thing when yeah. it comes to uh, I'm just going to start calling everybody on the show pal. That's that is a good way to do it. A sport. We're, yeah, we're scout sport. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's in the Great Gatsby. <laughs> you know what? He he probably was yes. around for the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Hey, sport. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very possible he does that in the future. Oh my I mean, gosh. Th- we're talking, Aust- what was it, Australia? Australia. Uh, you know, I mean, if he's talking to someone from like Madagascar, it's definitely sport. Like he's he's gonna and have it's no Madagascar. Idea. Everybody's gonna be like, even Madagascar would <laughs> yeah, be like, like, it's yeah. Madagascar. They made that movie about us. Right. It's about as good as we're ever gonna <laughs> I mean, get. Everybody thought it was just a cartoon place. Right? Uh, no, it's a real country. <laughs> Shut we're up. Right here. That's well, I didn't know that, pal. But thank you for yeah. checking in. That's what <laughs> you say to the yeah. prime minister of Madagascar, <laughs> not to Australia. It seems strange. And these moments only happen like every single day. day. Every day. <laughs> yeah, that's the good news. The good news is it's only daily. Yeah. Or by multi and multiple times per day. You know, day. it was one thing. It's one thing to be embarrassed by a guy who's sitting on the crapper and writing crazy things just to piss people <laughs> off. Right? Just to see what they do. You know what I mean? That's all that Donald Trump, 90% of what Donald Trump did. By the way. If you didn't, if you took him seriously the whole time, you missed out on a really good time. Four years. Oh, he, uh, if you looked at him as a comical figure, you know, when he was doing because a lot of the stuff he was doing because he was trying to be funny. Yeah, he's trying to screw or just people. stir it up. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you noticed that when you saw him live. Oh, that, yeah. He was one of the better comedians you've seen in a long I time. I will tell you, the guy has unbelievable comedic timing unbelievable comedic timing he knows exactly what he's doing he was he was a he was an artist and still is he's an artist when it comes to the way he does it and it's you know boris johnson they say that he messes up his hair before he goes out right right. okay he wants to look disheveled he wants to look disheveled and he's he's apparently not entirely like that um but it was a it was you know his shtick that's donald trump now donald trump is that character because he's played that character his whole life but i mean it, he is a performer anyway uh you know it was one thing to be embarrassed by a guy who is just trying to stir it up and then there's that sad kind of i don't want to look the prime minister in the eye because uh, it's our guy that just called him pal you know what I mean? then there's yeah. that embarrassment of yeah, we've left everybody behind in Afghanistan. We have no friends, and uh, I've just called you pal. <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. The whole thing is embarrassing. The yeah. entire presidency has been a nonstop beginning to end embarrassment so far. And luckily, we're not even at one year yet. Oh yeah, no, so... we have three years to. <laughs> it's only it's and it's going only well. going to get better because I watch Benjamin Buttons. He's getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting younger. It's basically our only hope at this point. <laughs> I mean, uh, we just have to. And would you wish. be surprised if all of a sudden we all were in Benjamin Buttons? No. And he started to get younger. You'd be like, yeah, par for the course. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't see that happen? I mean, we. I guess we weren't just paying attention. This is the Glenn Beck program.